Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm the Gnarly Gnome. This, if you haven't figured it out by the screen that's in front of you that tells you what it is you're, you're watching or listening to, because you can, uh, you can listen now to this show, uh, it's the Weekly Pint. I'm the Gnarly Gnome. Uh, the whole point of this is for us to hang out and, uh, and just talk about, uh, about stuff. About, about anything that happens to be going on. Uh, it's almost always about uh, beer or at least um, the uh, uh, the drinking world. Usually kind of focused on Cincinnati, but the national stuff does kind of uh, squeeze in there a little bit. And we will talk a little bit national kind of stuff tonight. But um, if you are new to the show, half of the point, especially, uh, probably only, I guess, uh, point of this, um, uh, when you're watching live is to interact. Um, and I, I guess that that's a little strange now for those of you who are listening to the podcast version. Um, but it's more fun live. So if you, if you just happen to listen to this via the podcast, uh, maybe next time, next Monday around nine 30, get onto Facebook and YouTube and hang out with us live and do it that way because it's more fun. It's, it's how this show was meant to be consumed. Uh, so do that. I mean, listen, however you want, <laughs> what, what do I care? Um, but, uh, we all like to hang out together and have a drink of something. So as you are jumping on the chat, uh, feel free to chime in and tell us what you are uh, consuming. If you really don't like typing and you don't want to uh, to get on the chat, you can always call into the show because it is uh, it's interactive. Uh, over here, uh, I'm pointing for those of you again that are listening to audio only. Five six seven seventy drink. That's the drunk line. I guess if you are uh, just listening to audio later um, or watching this video later. You can still call into the drunk line. You could uh, call in and leave a message, and that's—I guess—that could be fun too. Uh, so feel free to uh, uh, to consume that way. But <laughs> um, it, uh, the chat's more fun. Uh, you can get on the chat, and it'll appear um, right here on the uh, the screen. Um, I don't know why it does that. It pops up for a second, and then it goes away, and it'll come right back as soon as you guys start uh, start talking again. Um, what do I know? It's not, uh, I, did, I didn't build the technology. I just, I just use it. Um, for some reason, I'm never, never really happy with the lighting here. Uh, we're going to figure this out one of these days. Uh, I guess I need to be over there. <laughs> I swear in my life, uh, if it's not, if it's not one thing, it's something else. Uh, I could shift. Just ignore me for a second while I, in my head, figure out how I can um, change this entire studio around again. Um, I think, I think that goes there, and then maybe it'll be better. Whatever. Um, let's see. Uh, Caroline says I can get some candles going. Uh, that is probably not safe. Um, let's see. Marco is drinking a truth. Uh, Josh is drinking a hop em up by Tox, Tox Brewing. Ta Tox, I, I have no idea what that is or where that is or anything about it. Um, that is a brewery that I've never heard of, a beer that I've never heard of. So, um, tell us about that as you are, uh, uh, drinking it. Um, I am going to crack open a beer. I grabbed this one cause it sounded really delicious today. Uh, this is... Uh, Timber Trail, a brown ale from Municipal Brewworks in Hamilton. Um, I will read it to you. Uh, it's nice and cold, too. Uh, it says, a beer for all seasons. Timber Trail is a medium-bodied beer that's full on flavor. 
From the pour, you'll notice a beautiful deep tan hue. It's loaded with nutty flavors, ending with a distinct hop finish. Our take on an English nut brown ale with American hops, a perfect year-round beer. Enjoy and cheers. Keep cold. Drink fresh. Uh, it is cold, and I will drink. Um, let's see. Josh says that the collab between Tox Brewing and Hop Culture Brewing, it's an IPA brewed with Pacific Northwest hops. And Tox Brewing it looks to be uh, out of North Haven, Connecticut. There's a lot of uh, brewing going on up there in um, kind of that Connecticut area. I've noticed a lot of places up there for some reason. I don't, I don't know why. Uh, Julia says, I've had the same glass of hoppy lager from High Grain sitting next to me for like two hours. I'm not ready yet. Uh, for anybody who is not aware, uh, this weekend we all decided to uh, celebrate the 100th anniversary, or not anniversary, I guess, episode. It's an anniversary, I guess, um, of uh, the Craft Parenting Pod. And so we went and helped uh, uh, record with them. And by helped, I mean uh, tried to steer them uh, off a lot <laughs> uh, and uh then we uh just uh, we did a big bottle share and we drank lots of beer um josh says it's pretty good hazy bit of orange nothing special all right let me dive into this let me see how this is i've had this beer plenty of times but uh let's pretend like i'm drinking it for the first time um, so as, as they tell me I was supposed to, I do notice a nice tan hue to the beer. Uh, you guys can't see that because again, my lighting in here just is not, not ideal. I need to, need to fix this. Um, but yeah, kind of a, a reddish, um, coppery brown color, big old thick tan head. Uh, Josh says we did a madness as far as what happened when we were recording with Craft Parenting Pod. Uh, Caroline says, I haven't listened to any of it yet, uh, but Joe has been shaking his head in disapproval at the laptop. <laughs> there's, there's a lot to unpack there. And uh, I, I don't know uh, his full process of uh, how he edits or how he even uh, records if he's mixing track by track or if it's all just kind of mixed down already. But there were a lot of like little side conversations going on at the same time that the show was good. So there's just a lot of, a lot of content that you could dig into. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to speaking of digging into, I'm going to dig into this beer. Oh man, it is I I love I love a nut brown. Oh, and that is a great one. Oh my goodness, it's delicious. Oh, perfect beer after a long day. Let's dive into some stuff. Um I don't have a lot of crazy topics to to dig into, but I do have a few. Um, I uh, as as well. Let's let's do the housekeeping stuff first. So, um, if you aren't subscribed to this show, <coughs> this channel, uh, any of this, um, that's what we need to talk about first. You need to make sure that you are not only subscribed uh, on YouTube and uh, on Facebook to The Gnarly Gnome, which is where this show airs live. Number one, make sure you do that so that you can take part in these conversations when they're happening. Uh, while you're at it, though, go to your favorite podcast platform and go ahead and just subscribe to The Weekly Pint, which is this show, 
uh, it's starting to appear everywhere. Uh, if you have a platform where you don't see it, uh, shoot me a message and I'll make sure it gets there. And subscribe to Cincy Brewcast and Drinking with the Gnome, the other two podcasts um, there also. And then uh, uh, YouTube, make sure, again, like I said, The Gnarly Gnome. Make sure you are uh, subscribed to Drinking with the Gnome on YouTube. And make sure you're subscribed to Cincy Brewcast on YouTube. Because those are all shows also. <coughs> or channels, I guess, on YouTube. Sorry, I'm coughing a whole bunch. Um, Marco said, uh, what happened? Uh, what happened when? Uh, uh, during the uh, the bottle share? <laughs> or uh, is something happening on Marco's end right now? <laughs> Somebody check on Marco. Make sure he's uh, still with us. Um, uh, so just subscribe to all the stuff. Share with all your friends. You guys, uh, um, you guys, you guys know the drill by now with all that stuff. Marco says you okay? I heard a cough. Uh, yes, I'm. I'm fine. Um, not dying. That I mean, I'm. We're all dying. That's uh, nothing we can do to get around that. But uh, I'm not currently about to die. As as far as I know, I guess. I guess I don't know that either. Um, all right. Housekeeping out of the way, let's dive into what I've been up to. Uh, I talked to, I think I talked to some of you. Oh, I mean, I wrote a post about it, but um, I'm trying to remember what night um, we were. Yeah, we went on um, uh, on, on Friday, I guess. We went to uh, um, to this uh, this first place, which uh, it requires a little bit of a backstory. Um, uh, some of you, I guess everybody that, it's, that I see here on the chat knows about uh, Rivertown Brewing Company. They were located uh, originally in Lockland um, in this uh, very kind of uh, what I consider old school warehouse kind of tap room. They left there, went up to Monroe, uh, since closed there, but that's not really what the story is about. Uh, in their place, there was a brewery called Cincy Brewing Company that opened in that same space. They, evidently, uh, have since closed. They never told anybody that they closed, which was kind of weird. Uh, they just uh, sold the business to somebody else, and then um, uh, that other place has since opened up, and I stopped there. That place, there it is, uh, Cerveceria Ortega. <laughs> now, um, this is, uh, if you read the post, I, I, this is probably... Uh, a little bit of repeat for you, but this is a, um, it is a brewery, so it's a tap room and, and brewery um, that, in their words, are is dedicated to uh, brewing traditional Mexican cervezas, so Mexican-style uh, beer, uh, namely Mexican lagers is what they uh, they strive to, to do. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> Um, I stopped in, uh, and I'm granted they're in the middle of a soft opening phase right now. So, uh, it's not, not super fair to judge kind of what they're going to be yet because they're not, they're not officially open. Um, but they, uh, they do have lots of Mexican lager. Um, it is just not their Mexican lager. <laughs> everybody, and I do mean everybody that was uh, in the building that was not me or my wife, was drinking Modelo. And don't get me wrong, uh, Modelo's a great beer. I love Modelo. Uh, but I can't quite wrap my head around where you you go with this as a uh, as a brewery. You um are going to have a uh, a tough 
tough road to uh, to get people to uh, put their Modelo away and start drinking beer that you brew there. Uh, even if you do brew a, 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 a good Mexican lager, you now have to brew one that is uh, as cheap or cheaper than the Modelo that you're selling or has to be incredible. <laughs> and that's a hard thing for anybody to do. <laughs> uh, um, so I, I'm, I'm a little concerned about them. But um, with that being said, I do think that there is a, uh, a, a path to success there. Um, I think that you could, in theory, uh, you could, in theory, uh, number one, stop selling Modelo as soon as you have something that is even close to it uh, on tap uh, or sooner. <laughs> stop selling Modelo uh, and uh, kick into your cocktail program a little bit heavier. Uh, the the cocktail that I did have, which was which was fine, it wasn't the most delicious drink I've ever had. It wasn't bad. It was just kind of uh, it tasted a lot like Sprite, <laughs> and uh, uh, and it was thirteen dollars, <laughs> and that's not really like what I what what I want. But um, if you you went a little heavier into that and made some really good cocktails uh, that were cheap, that were easy to make, easily repeatable, um, uh, approachable kind of cocktails. Uh, and your own beer, <laughs> I think that they could, uh, they, they could, they could figure this out. Um, but we'll see. <laughs> uh, let's see. Josh just cracked open Steve Austin's Broken Skull Double IPA from El Segundo. Uh, that beer was okay. It was fine. We had that the other day. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't as bad as the other, uh, um, Steve Austin, uh, beer. And Julia says, do you have to, or do you just stop serving Modelo and only offer the Mexican lager you're brewing? Uh, that is that is probably the, the right way to do it, but uh, you're then now risking all of these people that have been coming to your business since the day you opened, just turning around and leaving and going somewhere else. Uh, and that that is a real possibility. And how long can you survive if that happens before you build up a new clientele? Tim says, sorry to be a hater, but Cincy Brewing's beer just wasn't good. In this market, at the minimum, you have to have good beer to stay in business. Hopefully, Ortega will make better beer. Uh, I respect that opinion. Um, I'm not going to say that their beer wasn't good. I had beers there that were fine. Um, not all of them, and it definitely shifted and changed. Uh, sometimes the beer got a little old. Uh, sometimes the beer, sometimes the cooler was pouring a little warmer than I wanted it to. Uh, so I did not always have beer there that I was happy with. Uh, but I did not always have beer there that I was unhappy with either. Um, uh, the, I, I don't know, let me how, figure out a way to, to, to word this. Uh, you don't have to brew the best beer in the city at every brewery. If you can find a way to tap into uh, a community or uh, a place or uh, to a group of people or um, to something. If you can find a way to tap into that and create a space that is uh, comfortable for people to be at and that they enjoy what they're drinking, uh, they'll come there and it'll be fine. Uh, not everybody. Uh, Modelo is not the best beer in Cincinnati by, by any stretch. It's not a bad beer. It's a, it's a fine beer and I'll, I'll drink it any day, but um, it is not... Uh, it's not the best beer. It's not. It's not the thing that people aren't you know gonna run out of their house and line up to drink Modelo. Um, but 
you have to have something that makes people want to be there. Uh, and uh, sometimes some of these breweries are not are not always giving that. Uh, Josh says it was mid. Uh, my problem was the empty tap room. I don't want to sit in an empty warehouse. Uh, I agree with that. And they have they have improved the tap room a bit. Now it's still it still is very familiar, uh, but the bar is bigger. Um, they have kind of a, a neater kind of back bar built on the one side. Uh, you you it pulls you into the tap room more than feeling kind of uh, separated between the front and the back. Um, it's they they did some improvements, but uh, still needs still needs a little bit. Uh, Caroline said the old episodes they recorded with Matt Damaris for Hustle and Bruise were pretty informative on why they think they closed and what they could have or what they would have or could have done differently. Um, are you talking about uh, uh, Cincy Brewing Company? Because they were open up until like this January. <laughs> like They didn't... Uh, uh, I have to go back and listen to it again. Julia says, who all from Cincy Brewing Company stayed other than the brewer? Nobody that I'm aware of. And I did not know that the brewer was staying on until I stopped in the other day and was talking to the bartender. I don't think, and I could be wrong, uh, I don't think that that was kind of uh, planned all along. <laughs> uh, Caroline says, maybe I'm thinking of a different place. I believe... I think you're probably thinking of Queen City, yeah. Uh, and that's what Julia just said. Uh, Queen City Brewing Company, maybe not Cincy Brewing at Queen City. Um, he talked to them after they closed. Like, pretty, I mean, not that, yeah, but pretty, pretty quick after they closed. He talked to a couple different people on different episodes. I can almost guarantee that's what you're thinking of. Caroline says, too many breweries. The bubble is going to burst. Uh, I believe that that was a joke. Um, Michael Amon says, a fun anecdote is that we, Adina, looking, looked at the space adjoining, um, space, but turned it down. The place might be cursed. <laughs> I've heard that before. The place might be cursed. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't buy that. I don't, I mean, they're, it's not a great location. It's not a great spot for a distributor. It's fine. <laughs> For a for a tap room, it is not the best place to be located. It's not it's not really uh, in the mix. Uh, but I don't think that again, much like the quality of beer, which I hate hate saying that you don't need good beer because we all we all want all of our breweries to have good beer. But uh, you don't you don't need great beer. You don't need a great location. You don't need a great story. You don't you don't need every one of those things to be successful. Ideally, you should try to get them all, but uh, you can be successful without some of those. Um, but you do need something. You just you need something to make people want to be there. Um, so I don't think that the uh, the location is cursed. I think that somebody could come in there with phenomenal beer, uh, a phenomenal story. And, uh, and and be successful. Rivertown <clears throat> was successful in that location. Uh, they were so successful that they were growing out of that location. Now, uh, part of what was making them successful was selling beer uh, in in distro. But uh, I mean, the tap room was 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 doing fine. Um, it was a uh, it was a precursor. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was it was a discussion from them if they were going to keep putting more money into that tap room and making it uh, uh, a better place for people to hang out and adding you know a better food program and things like that or the new location uh, what ended up being in Monroe and we know how they decided but um, I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's the location itself curse or just a bad location I don't think that is the uh the issue with um with them but that's just my opinion and uh, uh you know what people say about opinions uh so that's that's my thoughts on uh on cerveceria or ortega um there has been some other kind of local uh bigger kind of news that has happened uh fretboard uh fretboards light beer <laughs> uh, and i i have a few thoughts about this and um it kind of wraps into the next thing i want to talk about too uh go, kind of before we get past uh uh or ortega uh julia says i like it into 13 below i love the outdoor space the food partner is amazing there's park literally steps away beer just doesn't hit the mark for me uh, i agree with that but it's not the beer isn't terrible like it doesn't i don't want to uh uh, to vomit when I drink it. It's not, it's not bad. Um, but I'm not, I'm not going there just for the beer I'm going there for other things that make it, uh, what it is. Uh, and that's, that's a, that's a good example. I would say their location is a, is a hair better than, than Lachlan personally, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> uh, light beer. Uh, this is to me and the headline that I, that I wrote in my notes that I have written down is that big beer is still King. It's, it's funny. Uh, funny is probably not the right word, but it is interesting to me that after all of these years, we are still shooting for this, this market, this, uh, for light beer. This is what, this is what beer was before craft beer. Um, and, I mean, we can obviously go back in history um, pre this, but um, this was the thing that we were we were rallying against. And I don't have any problems with light beer. There's there's light beer in my house at any given time. There is a time and a place for everything. Um, but I don't. I just don't know. I don't know that that's what craft breweries need to be shooting for. Um, I still think. Um, I still think that craft beer, uh, the people that are drinking a lot of craft beer, um, <laughs> Michael says that Miller Lite and New Albion started basically at the same time. Um, it's, it's crazy to think about, but <laughs> even so, uh, aside from, from light beer though, I'm even like, we just talk about, you know, American lager, this, uh, you know, the Budweiser's and, uh, you know, Miller genuine draft or whatever, you know, that's light beer too, <laughs> comparative to, um, the things that are happening, uh, in craft beer. Um, I, I think that the, the majority of people that drink light beer on a regular basis that are going to be, um, buying multiple, uh, 15 packs of it, cause this does come in 15 and 24 packs, uh, the people that are going to be uh, consuming light beer like that are still people that just don't, uh, they don't really, it's not, it's not beer <laughs> that they are, uh, that they're, that they're trying to, to, to find. 
sorry, my computer's yelling at me about something. Um, it's the same same thing about you know the the big explosion of of seltzer. Uh, to me, it's still a confusion about what people what they want to be drinking. Uh, it's not it's not that they want seltzer. It's not that they want light beer. It's not that they want uh, low carb beer or uh, any of that. Like they just they haven't they haven't figured it out. Um, and so it's 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 strange to see breweries kind of chasing that consumer um, instead of breweries being who they are and then trying to bring consumers into that. Uh, I think that's probably the best way that, that I can put my feelings into words about it. Again, not that this product is, is, is a bad product, not that it's not a product that I probably am. I'm, I'm probably going to drink a bunch of it this summer, <laughs> um, but uh, it is, uh, it is it is it is strange feeling to me when you see stuff like this or garage beer or uh, cold boy from Taft's, uh, you know all of these things. Um, even you know like when I look at uh, legendary lager from from Madry, <clears throat> it is a lighter, uh, more approachable beer, uh, but it's still to me a little bit more flavorful than some of the other light beers that are out there. It's a little more Hellas lager like versus a, a light American lager. I don't know. Um, I don't know if there is a difference or not, but uh, they've been working on this for um, more than two years. Is what they said. I mean, we've, we've seen the acoustic in the tap room. Their kind of light beer has been kind of an experiment uh, over, over time, trying to, to perfect this idea and trying to figure out uh, what it needs to be. Um, and, uh, uh, they're, they're, they're pricing it to compete with the kind of premium light loggers. Uh, so it's not going to be, uh, super cheap, but it'll be cheaper than, um, a kind of a, a normal craft logger. Um, comes in at uh, 4%, 99 calories, less than five carbs. So there's, they are definitely kind of catering to, to a, a crowd that is looking for a light beer, something that's, uh, it's not healthy. We know that drinking isn't healthy no matter what. Um, and it's, but it's, but it is uh, a healthier alternative. Uh, Michael says, what's the price? They have not said, they're just saying that they are pricing it to compete with um, premium macro loggers. <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, the fact that they're putting it in 15 packs and 24 packs um, is a, uh, you, you, you don't do that if it's a, if it's a nine ninety nine six pack, I guess. I guess. I mean, there. That's yeah. I've. Do they do like? Uh, I mean, you can get twelve packs of of truth, but can you get uh, fifteen packs or twenty four packs? I don't know. Um, uh, and we should start seeing it uh, this summer. I think around June is when we'll start seeing it. Uh, Caroline says, "I know people who will get it, but I don't know how often they'll buy it in comparison to garage beer or big beer." Uh, <clears throat> that's so to me. Uh, the the space in my my house that uh, the uh, the lighter beers like this go is the garage fridge. Um, that's when you know when people come over, uh, they're not coming all the way downstairs here to grab a beer every every uh, every few minutes. Uh, they're just being grabbing one out of the garage. Um, that fridge has a has a certain amount of space that is dedicated to light beer. Um, and it is usually mostly, if not all, depending on what my wife, 
uh, does <laughs> against my my wishes. <laughs> um, it is is usually a locally produced light beer, be it garage beer, legendary lager, cold boy, or um, you know, even uh, uh, the Fifty West American Lager, like something that I know somebody who uh, does not normally drink craft beer. They just want what makes them comfortable, what they will be happy with. Um, this will not, um, it will not replace any of those, um, but it'll definitely kind of find its way into the mix. I think that's how I, I would word it. Uh, I don't, um, uh, I, I don't, uh, stay loyal to, to any one brand, especially anymore with how many there are, but, um, I do, I do mix it up and, um, you never know what'll be in there, but it'll be that idea. <laughs> so this is just a new one that'll, that'll enter that mix. I think that's uh, I think that's an okay thing, um, but it does kind of uh, go back to a topic that we talked about. Um, I don't know a couple months ago uh, when uh, AB InBev closed down um, platform and laid everybody off, and then uh, what, the next day we started hearing about layoffs across all of their craft brands. Uh, and uh, it it was a signal of this new, not new, this push back into uh, national brands for them, and uh, it was it's big beer being big beer again. I mean, it's uh, not that the uh, the craft brands uh, don't exist, but the ones that do are going to be national craft brands for them. They don't care about these smaller regional things or. Uh, for lack of a better way to put it, they don't care about craft. They know what the bottom line is, where it comes from, uh, and they are just kind of doing their thing. And and to me, that's what this light beer craft thing is. In order for these to really be successful, they they have to be big brands. You know, uh, fretboard light. I don't think will be the success that it needs to be unless it is bigger than just a, uh, a Cincinnati thing. I think it needs to become uh, a regional thing or, or bigger. And that goes for all of these that, uh, uh, that we see around. You know, it's uh, the garage beers or cold boy or, or whatever it is. If you, if you really want it to, uh, to be what it's, what, it, what it's supposed to be, uh, you got to make a whole bunch of it, and it has to start to become um, uh, people's go-to. It has to be that thing that people... Uh, just don't think about they just you know if, uh, if when I'm going and I'm walking into the gas station and I'm buying beer and bringing it home it's always this and um, it's hard to do on a small scale um, and, and big beer knows that big beer gets that they uh, they they scale these things <laughs> up <coughs> so that's my thoughts on this I think it uh, not to compare any local craft brewery to to these guys, AB InBev, but um, uh, it's hard it's hard not to draw some kind of comparisons when um, the beer that everybody's making is uh, is is so similar. Um, I don't know. That's I, something I've been <laughs> thinking about. <laughs> uh, uh, I think that. Uh, we're not done seeing it. There are definitely more and more places that are going to be uh, trying to make their own light loggers. Uh, we talked, we, we've been talking for years um, about how, um, how 
beer, uh, growing craft beer, uh, is in theory supposed to be about going out and um, taking this, uh, in, in Dan Listerman's words, this forest of Bud Light drinkers and harvesting them and bringing them into craft beer. Uh, and I, I still think that that is a the only solution to to growth is to find those people that are drinking something else and convince them to drink craft beer instead. Um, and we're starting to now see that a lot of places' method of doing that is instead of convincing them to drink craft beer, it's to just make what they are drinking. So it's it's interesting. Uh, Caroline says that Hootie Delight was still bigger than Big Beer in the 70s and 80s until Big Beer advertised them out. There's a chance we can flip the script on them. Uh, y- yes, uh, they were they were bigger than um, Big Beer, maybe here locally. Um, and even, even that, it was, uh, I would say, maybe not in the 80s, um, maybe in the 70s. And it was uh, uh, it was very short lived, and it wasn't it wasn't just it wasn't just the advertising that did it. Uh, it was it was a lot of um, a lot of other little things that uh, um, you can't compete with. Um, Lee says ultra right beer thoughts. Uh, I did see that video. I should have I should have pulled it, and I didn't pull it, so I can't play it uh, or any of the artwork from it. Um, but yes, uh, oh, do I have thoughts? Um, it seems like the uh, uh, the funniest uh, joke, especially uh, timing wise, that somebody could come up with, and I could not wrap my head around it actually being real and I still can't I can't believe that it is a real thing for anybody that doesn't know what I'm talking about uh there is uh some kind of a a, a group I don't I don't know uh, who <laughs> that has decided to craft a beer uh for ultra right conservatives um and they have this commercial that they put out to kind of uh build interest and it starts out and it says, uh, uh, you are the type of drinker that knows what bathroom to use. Um, <laughs> Michael says, as far as the TTB is concerned, it isn't. <laughs> so, uh, well, I mean, we'll see. Uh, supposedly it's, it's a, it's a real brand coming. We'll, <laughs> we'll see if it ever actually, uh, comes to fruition, but, um, the commercial says you're you are a beer drinker that knows which bathroom to use uh no more of this uh um uh, you know woke woke beer bs and then he's smashing cans of bud light with a baseball bat and he uh unveils uh, ultra right beer (laughs) in which he then guzzles and um uh, says I don't remember what the when they said the summer I think as you said when he said you'd start seeing it but uh, we'll see <laughs> I uh, uh, the scary part is I think that there are a lot of people that would buy it <laughs> that's what I've what I've learned over the last uh, uh, the last recent past uh, and that is uh, that is that is scary <laughs> but um, uh, whatever. It's America. Anybody can do uh, whatever, whatever they think is, uh, is is right. I guess. 
Um, let's talk about non-alcoholic beer. Uh, this is something that uh, I have definitely um, been interested in in the past, uh, I don't know, um, few months. Uh, I just realized, um, looking up at the screen here, I don't have the chat on any of these uh, uh, windows where there's artwork. I'm sorry, guys. Um, I will I will fix that for next week's episode. Um, the uh, uh, non-alcoholic beer. So um, I've experimenting more and more. Uh, not, I don't know why. I, I can't even give you a good reason why. Sometimes I want to drink it. Um, just sometimes I just. Uh, I just, I just, I don't want, uh, alcohol. So sometimes I will lean into a non-alcoholic beer. Um, the other day, uh, when I recorded that episode of Cincy Brewcast, it was 9am and uh, I thought maybe it uh, was a good idea just to, to not crack open a beer at 9am. <laughs> Michael says, uh, lunch. Uh, so we don't drink beer at lunch anymore. All right. <laughs> well, I will uh, stop doing that. <laughs> Um, but regardless of, of why I personally am drinking it, it's clear that some people are drinking non-alcoholic beer. It's, it's a thing and it's, it's huge in, in other countries and, um, places here, uh, in the United States have been leaning more and more into it. Uh, the big one that, uh, that kind of got me, uh, thinking about this this week was, uh, Deschutes. So they have been, uh, partnering with a contract place out of uh, Colorado, um, and they just, they were doing some test stuff and then they did uh, Black Butte non-alcoholic. When they put that brand on a non-alcoholic beer, it, it meant that they were happy with it and they, they, they felt uh, confident that uh, it, it was uh, good enough to, to get that brand. Uh, it, is, it is evidently doing well enough that they are investing even more money into it. Uh, they're going to do a uh, fresh squeezed non-alcoholic beer, uh, so another one of their big brands that they uh, they feel strongly about, um, and uh, they are even more importantly investing in the technology to make it. They are using this. To, I don't know anything about it because it's all still super like super weird and secretive, which we'll talk about. Uh, they're using this thing called uh, a Bruvo which uh, from from what they say makes the best non-alcoholic beer. Now, I haven't tried um to shoots non-alcoholic. Uh, I don't know if we can get it here in Ohio. Um the next time I'm at the store I'm definitely looking for it just out of curiosity. Um but they're confident in it so they are spending a bunch of money to uh start making all of their non-alcoholic in-house. But the interesting thing to me is that uh you know, kind of just non-alcoholic as as a whole. Um, if you know, this 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 several different ideas here. I mean, number one, uh, the technology behind making it. There are several different ways, and I have a whole show that I'm planning around non-alcoholic beer at some point. Uh, some of it tastes tastes fine. Some of it tastes good, and some of it just tastes downright awful. <laughs> and it's hard to figure out which ones are going to be which, because nobody talks about how they're making it. Nobody talks about the process. It's still very secretive from one place to another. Uh, some some ways of making it are super expensive, and uh, places uh, just don't do it because of that. Um, and... Uh, uh, and other places when they figure out something that they think works, they just don't, they don't want to tell other people uh, about it because they don't want people to steal kind of their idea. Hang on. I got to take a drink. So it's very interesting in that, in that regard. 
Um, it's also, it's, it's a different industry than, than beer. Uh, it's not regulated in the same way beer is. So there are other companies that are coming into this space that aren't traditional alcohol companies. There are companies coming into this with a whole lot more money behind them than traditional uh, beer brands. I mean, not somebody like uh, AB InBev, obviously, but uh, I mean, <laughs> there there are some very large companies. Tim says, "Did your beer go bad?" I have multiple beers open. <laughs> I, I always have side beer because I like to crack one open on the show, and <laughs> it's still a little too cold. <laughs> no, my beer did not go bad. My beer's still good. Um, so that, that in itself is interesting to see where this industry goes with all of this money and all of this power kind of behind it. Uh, it's going to move very quickly, I think. Um, and some of that technology is going to become even more secretive and more locked down when you have one of these big companies that kind of locks onto it. Um, so that's interesting. Um, it is a, it's just a very strange, very strange market. Uh, specifically with the beers themselves. Um, I'm, I'm interested in the places that, uh, you know, like the, um, the Guinness that we tried, uh, on the brewcast a couple weeks ago. Uh, it's, it's fine, but to me, it, uh, it, not Guinness, and I expect Guinness when I put it in front of me, uh, versus some other brands that that maybe aren't already associated with some kind of a, a brand family. Uh, I I think that it, you have to be very careful if you are an existing brand and you release a non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> um, you know if. Ryan Geist decides to put something out and calls it uh, uh, non-alcoholic truth. Uh, you're setting yourself up for disappointment from people when they try it if it doesn't taste like truth. Um, but if you just release a separate IPA that is called Ryan Geist non-alcoholic uh, deliciousness, <laughs> um, I, I think that you have a better chance of success. Um, Sean White says... Uh, you think Urban Artifact can come out with some non-alcoholic beer and package it in the Tetra Pack juice box? <laughs> and uh, Julia says, oh, I'd love to see that. Um, would it be fruit smoothies or thick kombucha at that point? <laughs> um, Michael says lie. What is a lie? Which part? The, um, uh, about the, uh, about the brands that an existing brand can't be as successful. It's just my opinion. Oh, non-alcoholic truth. Uh, I, I, I don't think non-alcoholic truth would be, uh, would be a good idea. Um, but uh, I could be wrong. I think it would be more of a success if it had a, uh, a different name personally. Uh, which is why when uh, Juicy Truth, when they did that, I think it's so fascinating that they um, leaned into the uh, the truth name. And we, we again, we talked about that on the broadcast. Oh, I gotcha. It would be called Lie. 
Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> oh Lord. <laughs> oh, I'm 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 slow, guys. <laughs> um but uh I, I would be curious to see more places uh locally kind of lean into the the non alcoholic um realm. Uh Mad Tree is still uh the only one that uh, that I've seen that have that have made anything. Uh, and again, they they didn't uh, uh, they they didn't call it you know non alcoholic psychopathy or non alcoholic ramble on or uh, whatever they gave it its own kind of uh, brand. Um, so I, there's there's a lot of a lot of weird things happening in craft beer. There's always weird things happening in craft beer. It's hard to actually understand at any given moment what craft beer really is or where craft beer is actually going uh i don't i don't know that's a bad thing um but uh i also it, some days it just leaves me feeling strange about uh, about the industry um um i recognize that the industry is still young and uh um it's still still evolving but <laughs> um lee says that brew dogs non-alcoholic is called af uh, so, like for instance, their latest one is their Clockwork AF. Uh, it's a good example of one that seems to be doing uh, okay with uh, still using the the same brands. So, good uh, good call on that one. Um, and those aren't those aren't terrible. They're they're pretty good. But I also don't really drink their uh, their core brands, so I can't really make that comparison. I don't know if they're close or not. Um, it's a uh, it's a it's a strange strange market that I think we're gonna we're gonna be talking about for a very long time. Um, I uh, uh, I I really am considering always having some in my fridge now. Kind of the same thing as the uh, uh, the lighter beers. Uh, I might always have non alcoholic beer in my fridge now. Like just that idea of um, not having to uh, to think in my head. All right, what else is going on this afternoon? Is you know, do I do I need to to be sober for some kind of thing at my kid's school or for you know, or is it nine a.m. or what? Like I just just to not have to think about it and just I I would still much rather drink a a beer like beverage uh, than um, you know water um, most of the time. So uh, stay tuned. Like I said, we will definitely have some more content around that whole side of the industry. Um, we're going to have more content around a lot of stuff. Uh, we'll probably even talk light beer at some point in this, uh, this season of uh, the brewcast. I don't know if it'll actually be on the brewcast or if it'll kind of work its way into an episode of this show or drinking with the gnome or something. I don't know. I think I have a couple ideas for, uh, weekly pint episodes that are not kind of this exact same format that may bring kind of more of a topic into it, uh, may bring some guests into the mix. Um, I, I, I don't know. We'll see. There's, there's a lot of ideas to play around with. <laughs> uh, Caroline says, I'm content knowing that there will be more content. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Uh, we'll wrap it up. We are, um, uh, a little bit over 45 minutes so we will we'll, we'll wrap things up so that we can uh we can all uh kick our feet up and uh finish a few beers it's always hard to sit down and drink a beer while you're actually recording um got a 
whole bunch of stuff to pack up for work in the morning. And uh, I'm sure all of you guys have uh, a nice long week to uh, to plan for also. So uh, thank you guys for hanging out. Um, like I said, if you earlier, if you don't subscribe already to this show or any of the shows, please do that. Uh, share with your friends. Um, go to the gnarlygnome.com slash support if you want to uh, support monetarily. And, uh, and, 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 and thank you if you do. Uh, thank you if you don't still. Like, thank you just for engaging with content. Just uh, thank, thank all of you for being here. It, uh, it means the world. And uh, we'll be back next week uh, for this, uh, this same kind of idea. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a happy hour. It's a show that is also a happy hour. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Uh, see you next week. Going back to uh, to Sean's comment about Urban Artifact doing non-alcoholic fruit tarts uh, in juice box th- form, since they use more fruit than actual juice does, it would probably be like the best juice in the world. Uh, they definitely need to do that. Uh, I would, I'd, I'd buy it. <laughs> <laughs>